Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, Mike. How are you? <laughs> um, thanks a million for coming. My name is Eric, by the way. I'm the editor of District Magazine. And I'm going to be hosting a, uh, a panel about cultivating homegrown music in Ireland. Um, yeah, so the first person I want to introduce, um, he goes by the name of Matman. He is one half of Mango X Matman. I think Mango's flowing around as well. So, there he is, yeah. Um, he's not performing tonight, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, he's, also, he's also involved in RTE Digital. He's, uh, he's a big pusher of homegrown music. Um, yeah, welcome to the stage, Adam Fogarty, AKA Matman. Um, next up is the lead booker of Metropolis Festival, the forthcoming All Together Now Festival, uh, and of course, Bummer's Forbidden Fruit hits Will Rolf. Um, yeah, do you have your mic there? You got hey. it? <laughs> um, yeah, so to start off, I suppose, just give a brief synopsis of how the roads led you to this stage with us and why we should care, why you care about <laughs> homegrown <laughs> cultivation. Um, right, okay, so I've been involved with Irish music for over 15 years now as a DJ, a, a producer, beat maker, and as a, a creative director for various projects and events and stuff like that. Um, why I'm here tonight is basically through the job that I do. My day job is actually working for RTE. I'm a, I'm a producer in RTE. Um, I produce all the specialist music content for RTE. So like any of the dance music stuff, hip hop, R&B, that all comes under, comes under my remit. Um, any of the live events that RTE do, like Jenny Green and the orchestra, or last year's one, which was uh, the story of hip hop, they were all shows that I would have created and uh, creative directed and produced. So, um, but I think most people know me from, from the stuff that I do with, with Mango, being a producer and a, and a DJ. So, uh, why, why should people listen to what I have to say? I don't know, man, but um, I'm, I'm pretty well qualified in, in this space and uh, I'm a huge believer um, and spokesperson for Irish music because I believe we have uh, some incredible talent here. Um, and that's starting to come through uh, over the last couple of years. So uh, yeah, I guess that I guess that's, um, that's it. And Will, how did you get to the point where you're booking the likes of Vince Staples, Aphex Twin, Earl Sweatshirt, and also Mango Matman and people like that? Leave the best for last there, did yeah. you? Um, for me, probably not as much experience as Adam and haven't been around as long. More kind of fell into music about five, six years ago. And then ever since, I've kind of every year done more and done more. And I actually started off as a nightclub photographer. And then one day went, I actually hate all this music. I want to run a night myself. And then from that went, actually, I want to book acts. I want to like introduce new music that I like to other people. And then got a job working for Forbidden Fruit, which was actually the first festival I went to at the time. And yeah, since then, it's been four years, and every single year, it's probably gotten better for me, and I hope for everyone else. Yeah, great. Um, Fogo, sorry, just to be clear, Fogo, Adam, Matt, man, it's like the fucking Jesus Christ, Holy Trinity, but th like this, we're going to be calling them... They're all interchangeable. Yeah, <laughs> various different things over the course of the evening, but for, for clarity's sake, just so you know, there's three names there, but uh, Adam... 
Your guy, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> we need to work more names for Eric. <laughs> how how important has being involved in radio been to cultivating homegrown music for you, and how important has that been as a tool for you to to cultivate homegrown music? When I ca first came into radio ten years ago, um, like the state of Irish music was was the landscape was completely different to what it is now. You know, we were a rock country for the most part. Um, and dance music was, was kind of on the sidelines and like urban music or hip-hop music just wasn't talked about at all. E even though there was a scene there kind of developing and growing, but it, just, it, was, it was never talked about. Um, so when I, I became the station editor of, uh, of RT Pulse and 2XM, I knew that Pulse was a space that I could um, start to give urban music and dance music a real voice in Ireland and actually get behind the real talent that we have here because a lot, there is talent out there, but one of the biggest problems is they're not getting opportunities. And I think one of the best things you could ever do for an artist or for a person is to give them an opportunity. Because if they believe enough in their art and themselves and where they want to go in their career, the, ambi the ambition and the motivation is there. You're, you're giving those guys an opportunity will be rewarded. Sometimes it's, it's not always rewarded. It's like, you know, some people are just not into it that much. And... Um, your faith in them is kind of like, ah, uh, it, it can get washed at times. But giving those people an opportunity has allowed us, as a scene, maybe I'm talking more exclusively about the urban music scene in Ireland right now, giving people opportunities, um, whether it be on air with interviews with the likes of Beta on, on Friday mornings or with Mo K on 2FM or with Tando playing Irish music, if it's by Laurie Crack or Lethal Dialect or Russell Gano Family or myself and Mango, all of these little things help to reinforce a scene. And it's very, very important to me that we, we support our homegrown talent here and give them that, those opportunities. Do, do you feel like being on festival lineups and supporting the likes of Wiley as an artist yourself, it means these young artists have a little bit more respect for you and they want to approach you to be, to be pushed because you are in your own right something that they maybe aspire to be? I, I guess there's definitely an aspirational element to it. If an artist sees myself a mango on like, like f festival stages or main stages at festivals or doing the Wiley shows or, or whatever it might be, like that's gonna, that has to inspire another artist because I was that artist at, at one point as well. I know mango was too. And you'd look at who the, who the leaders in the scene were and you go, man, I want to be there. I want to do that. I want to be that person. So if, if I'm now in that position and I can help the people that are behind me to go, do you know, okay, let me show you how to do this, this, and this, or here's how you do that, then I'm absolutely going to do it because... They help you, those people that you aspire to be. Did you, ever, did you have someone that took you under your No, that was the team because things were so small um, and I guess undeveloped at that time that I didn't really have those people to show me the way. Look, I made loads of mistakes trying to get to where I am right now, whether that be as an artist making music or my day-to-day -day profession. Um, loads of mistakes, but I'm happy to give that information back to, back to the, the, the guys that are, are in the scene right now to help develop. Because if I do that now, that helps accelerate the whole process. It helps people get comfortable and to where they want to be quicker. But I'd hope that, um, the, although the artists might see in an aspirational sense, myself and Mango doing the things that we do, I'd hope they'd respect me equally for what I try to do for the scene. Because that, to me, is 50-50. Like, me and Mango is a thing, and we are, like, we are going how to, to being the best we can possibly be. But I love this scene so much. 
that whatever I can do to help develop that and move that along by giving like people like Beta an opportunity or putting some of the artists that are on the Bulmers 100% Ori stage um, over the last couple of years, putting them on and giving that opportunity, man, that's, that's an incredibly rewarding thing. And was that something that you had in your mind, Will, when you started off? Was that something that you wanted to achieve? Was that in the back of your mind, the Irish element? I think when I started off, I worked with a lot of my friends. And it was when everything progressed, it was wanting to see people beside you do well. I think meeting Adam for the first time and actually seeing Adam Manga perform. Once you get to personally know somebody and you you don't just base them on their music, you base them on their character, you want to see them grow. And that's a big reason to give somebody an opportunity. I think there's so many people out there who they want to be the biggest, and they want to, they, but they don't actually want to be the best. And when you actually get to know people, you see their qualities. Like Adam has a quality that he wants to see the scene do well. He doesn't want to be a world famous artist. Well, he does, everyone does, but <laughs> it's not the priority for him. So I think you want them sort of people to be around you, and you want to see them do well yourself. It's artistic over actually fame. 100%. Yeah, do you... Every time, it has to be. If you're, if you're out here trying to be famous, for the sake of being famous. People see right through you, it's so transparent. You know, and like bookers like Will, and radio stations, whatever. Man, they're not interested, you can spot that a mile away. If you're not true to your art, forget about I it. Wouldn't be Don't so even start. I wouldn't be so sure that people see right through it. I think people, most do. I think people buy into pop culture. I don't think the majority of people like out there see through people like that. I'm, I'm more talking about what we represent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't book that shit. <laughs> well, sometimes we do. Is there is there an artist that you've seen blossom, uh, Will, in particular that you've booked for Forbidden Fruit that you've seen that you're most proud of, maybe being there from a grassroots level and seeing blossom? And um, I think that's a hard question because you can't you can't really feel proud because you haven't really done anything. Mm. I think. There is times where you've worked alongside people, you've seen their career progress over time, and there's some pride that you knew them like early on, but you can't, you can't like it's not up to you. you, you you're just more happy that you, they're doing well. So probably people like Dennis Sultan, Mall Grab, electronic artists who you see kind of blow up over the last. Both early on in their career. Yeah, and like, yeah. you're also on a similar age to them, so. You know them socially and like personally, and you can just see, um, you know at the start actually that they're gonna go places because what type of people they are, but you can't really take credit for it. So feeling proud about it wouldn't be a thing. Is there something that you look for in particular in an artist when you see them at that stage? Is it is it that thing that they say is like you just know, or is there something that you actually particularly go to seek out in an artist when you go to book them at that uh, sort of gestation stage? I think it's different for different people. Like, you'll see certain people perform and go, there's something about that performance or their stage presence where they actually have something. And then with others, you hear the music and you hear the production and you go, wow, this is very different to other stuff out there. And then I think you kind of, there is a sense of sometimes just knowing. But it's, it's a combination of things. And a lot of the time, you can tell by the people, like from their character, from the way they hold themselves, if they have a little spark about them. Does, does it make it easier now that, I think Hannah touched on it as well, that hip hop is the new pop. So you've got Adam and Mango selling out 
this actual venue here that we're in. Um, Kojak selling at Button Factory, Jafar selling out shows. Does it make it easier to compliment the big artists that you book, like Finn Stables, Earl, uh, Dizzy Rascal a couple of years ago, that sort of artist? I think, was it Louis Scully played Badman before Dizzy? Oh no, Skeptic, before Skeptic came on stage. You know, there's like an, does it make it easier for you as a booker to compliment these big artists by having this in your disposal, these artists on your doorstep essentially? I think it goes hand in hand. When that music is growing, it's also going to grow on grassroots as well. So it does make it easier to complement it, but I don't necessarily agree with complimenting it just f for the sake of it. I think you should book people on like the merit of their quality and not just filling gaps in a genre because Vince Staples is on the bill. There doesn't need to be 10 Irish hip-hop acts on the bill. There should be interesting music. For me, Vince Staples is a musician. He's not a hip-hop hip artist. artist yeah. So it's not, okay, hip-hop's the biggest genre out there. Let's become hip-hop artists. Most of the big hip-hop artists out there are taking influence from other genres. Um, Adam, something I noticed about you in particular is that you, like, you, I think we touched on a little bit earlier, but you physically take people under your wing. Like, say, I, think, I don't know if he's still here because he's got exams tomorrow, but Marcus Woods. Um, <laughs> Is uh, is here somewhere and uh, <laughs> fellow Clendalkin man, but CLK all day. Yeah, CLK. Shout <laughs> out CLK. Um, but like you know, he he sold out Bernard Shaw the other week, you know, for his mixtape launch on District Recordings. Um, and uh, Shame. they didn't even notice that it was that slick. <laughs> um, but you you you've taken on a real an actual advisory role in that. You know, you, you're you're accessible to artists like that, young artists, not just because he's from Clondalkin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's for everybody. Yeah, but obviously, I have a particular interest in Marcus because I did a I did a workshop for like a youth club in Clondalkin about it was a year ago, a couple of weeks ago actually, because we had our anniversary, just gone, myself and Marcus. Um, and <laughs> where did um, you take him? <laughs> Is he? Oh, thank you for that. Oh, he's still here. He's got English and history tomorrow at half eight, he said. So. Good luck. Get your ass home, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's not, it's not hard to get behind people like Marcus. At, at his age, to be doing what he's doing right now. I wish I could have been that age, having access to all of the, the infrastructure that's around right now to help make artists and push this forward. Like, District play a massive role in this, right? And In terms of it being a space and a platform and an outlet for uh, all the great stuff that's happening within these uh, genres and spaces in Ireland. Um, the festival circuit and, and the book is out, that will does equally with that. Um, but also, it was somebody like me, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus will tell you, like, he'll text me like 10 times a day and I'm trying my best to get back to him about this down here. How did you EQ that bass line? And you know, where did you get that kick drum, blah, 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 you know, this type of stuff. But equally at the same time, I'm trying to do this, um, I want to run a night or whatever it might be. Um, it's important to me to give back because um, I care about it so much. Um, and it's nothing to me to give some time to new talent, uh, whether it be other producers, other artists, about the do's and don'ts about how to do this or how do you get your single to radio. Like simple stuff that people are not aware of. You know, how do you get interviews on, on radio? You know, and how do I get a festival slot? You know, or how do I build my brand as, a, as an artist? And all these type of things. You try your best to get back to everybody because, like, as we all know, the scene is so healthy right now in Ireland that there's, you know, there's, there's hundreds of artists and they know that, I'm, that I, I'm open to that type of stuff. So 
I'm constantly getting messages. You try your best to get back to everybody. But man, for as long as I can, and with whatever amount of time I do, or the little amount of time I do have, I always try and give back. Like, Marcus, what, what age are you? Are you 18 now? Last you, week, you, I think. Yeah, 18 on, a, on the night of the launch, actually, yeah. Um, it was an over-21s yeah. venue as well, <laughs> yeah. which was interesting. Man, when I, I had him in the B Club last year, when he was like, whatever, 16 and a half. It was like, yeah, look, listen, he's with me, it's all good, he's not even drinking, none of that. Like, you have to do these things, get, get the people in the door, whatever, but... Um, if I wish I had somebody like that. There was no one around like that when, when I was, was coming up. And that's what I was saying earlier on. This all, it helps accelerate the scene. If I can impart some knowledge and advice and the do's and don'ts to the younger guys, they're not going to waste three years of their life trying to get to that point and making all the mistakes to go, right, this is the, this is the moves. This, this is how we do it. So uh, I'll, I'll always do it, man. I'll du- do Dublin's it. so small in terms of scene as well. Is it, is it strange for you being in that role, that advisory role, that under your wing role, but also being on the bill with these people and like you have to do your own thing as well. You have to like push your own thing. Is it, is it, is it, a, is it a juggling act for you to cultivate this homegrown thing and also be your own artist? There's a, obviously a duality to it because I, I care about both so much, but uh, when, it, when it comes down to it, the career that I have as an artist and, and with Mango, that's, that's the goal. I, I want to be a career musician. That's, the eventuality for, for me. But at the same time, like, I've got, I don't know, 16 hours in a day to work hard. If I can spend 16 of those really well spent, whether it's writing music for and with Mango, working with Will, curating festival lineups, helping lads out, I'm going to do that. Just maximise your, your... And I don't, and that's one thing I think people take for granted is the work ethic that comes into this in, in terms of being a success and transitioning and, and getting yourself to a, to a point is that You've got to outwork the person that's sitting next to you. That's, that's the bottom line. Um, but yeah, my, myself and Mango is the, um, the ultimate goal. But whatever I can do, and, and as I do, to help the scene is, is, is always going to be there. So, so it seems like the, your creative aspect is something that uh, pushes the other end of it too. But you, Will, you're a photographer in your own right as well. Um, f- fantastic photographer. So good. You should check out his blog. It's brilliant. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's, he hasn't had time to do it with all the festival bookings. But um, one photo a year. Yeah, one photo that's, a year. That's the new policy. But, yeah, does that does that does that aspect being being somewhat of a creative person on the other end help you in your day to day job as well? A hundred percent. Like for me, having finishing finishing a photography degree while also doing this job meant my eye in terms of marketing and the visual side of things was always something that enhanced everything I do. Like, I'm not just a booker. Like, you do everything. Like, from the look of all your videos to the concepts and the identity of the event. And without photography and that creative element, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Because most people in the room could probably think they could book a music festival lineup. It's not the hardest thing, to be honest. It's like having other elements to yourself, a bit like what Adam does, is... It's what sets you apart from others. Being able to do more than one thing is what can enhance everything. So understanding the music, but also understanding the visual side is quite unique. A lot of people don't have that. Bringing people like Keen Ryan in to do the, the visual aspect and, and like algorithm and all that sort of stuff is actually, you know, to the, the minute details to actually make it what it is as opposed to just the lineup of amazing artists. Yeah, well, Keen will probably say more than anyone that like I'm a control freak with everything he does. So it's like that work 
ethic with people and being able to collaborate is a huge thing. Like working with district, working with Keen, working with collective. Like in music, you need to learn how to collaborate or you're not really going to move anywhere. Um, I suppose just to finish up, it'd be great to talk about the, the Boomers 100% Irish stage because you're both directly involved in that. Um, how, how do you, I don't know who I'm actually pointing this question at because you're both involved, but how do you go about curating um, a lineup like that and a stage like that? I think Adam's probably the better person for this question. <laughs> I knew I'd throw you under he the bus. He told me he would say that at some point just to get out of a question. <laughs> no, I don't want to get out of that question. No, I think with pulling the stage together and getting the lineup, obviously being able to be supported by Bulmers to do that and have that element of the event, which isn't tokenism, it's actually trying to enhance and focus in on what Irish talent there is. Well, it's not tokenism because you see Mango Matman supporting Novelist the following year, or not supporting, but being on the stage before Novelist the following year, um, Jafaris being on the 100% Irish stage and then having his, his own, uh, I can't remember what stage he was on last year, but like, you know, to a crowd, it obviously isn't tokenism, it's obviously a breeding ground. And I think in Irish festivals, there is a lot of tokenism in terms of, and I've been, couple before it's you want to have local talent who are going to talk about the show and get people to go and they play to nobody at two o'clock when the gates open and it's their name on the poster but it's not actually teaching them anything and by having the ability to have this stage and actually showcase and make videos about the artists come to events like this which is actually focusing on those people gives them an opportunity which international guests don't really get here. It's kind of unique in a way, but it's not something that shouldn't just be happening across the board. So when it comes to actually programming, Adam takes the main bulk of that. And I think one of our main policies is not to just have the same thing across the board and have a mixture of, mixture of genres and interesting artists and yeah, I'll hand over. <laughs> well, I think a lot of credit has to go to Bulmers for taking a chance on this because, and not taking a chance on it, actually believing in it is, is the better word to use. Investing there in it. Say what? Investing in it. In, in, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they believed in it enough to, you know, put their money behind it. When I approached them with the idea a couple of years ago, they were like, actually, you know, this, this could work, you know, and through conversations with myself and with Will, they're like, the landscape is ready. The, the landscape is right now in, in Irish music to to have something like this. And as you mentioned, you know, it is a breeding ground for the next generation of, of talent because a lot of the, the acts, or a good few of the acts, like look at Talos, look where Talos is right now, you know? Um, we had the Choice Music Award winners, Russ and Gano last year, um, myself and Mango, Sole, Jafaris was, was on, another stage, sorry, my bad. We tried to book him, but he was, <laughs> he was too big to book at the time. But it is a breeding ground and without people like Bulmer's putting their money behind this and, and truly believing in it. We don't have this, you know, and we don't have that stage at the festival because these stages are so important to Irish music because it's, so, it's self-perpetuating. When, when, when the scene is at a point, let's say it's, it's at 40%, and that's, that was our first year doing um, the, the Bulmers 100% Irish stage. This year we're at 60% in terms of the recognition for the stage and the quality of it and the quality of the acts. Next year, we're going to be at, you know, 65, 70% in terms of who these people are, in terms of the, the new talents coming through. And these artists are looking at the stages going, man, 
that could kickstart my career. You know, that could kickstart my festival season. So the more we continue to do this, the bigger it gets, the bigger the scene gets, the higher the quality gets. So it's so, so important that we have spaces like this to, to do that. But I also think it steps outside of music. Like, that support of Irish artists isn't just who's playing the festival. Like, collaborating with District to put on tonight, working with Keen Ryan as a designer, it shouldn't just be focused on, oh, here's, here's the stage, here's the musicians. It's actually the people behind the scenes. It's not, like, outsourcing to big newspapers who are owned across, like... It's actually focusing on people who are trying to do things now. And I think that probably gets missed a bit. And, yeah, that's, like, one big thing about it is everyone involved wants to work on it. And they want to be there. And they want to work hard at it. It's not just that people are given the shot and then it's thrown in there. So I think that's one thing to recognise. Great. Well, uh, give it up for Matt, man. Come on, Ireland! And uh, give it up for Will Ralph. I hope everyone's going next weekend. Thank you very much. Vote yes tomorrow.